This episode of Experiences You Should Have is brought to you by Soul Blends, handcrafted in Oregon from botanicals to bottle, multiple healing balms, salves, and moisturizing products to bring life to your skin. Check out Soul Blends and use the code EYSH to receive 10% off your order. Hiking in the desert at night uh, to avoid the heat, like you'd see rattlesnakes um, come out. I mean, those were out during the day too, but you'd see like tarantulas. Um, saw this one little owl uh, hunting a mouse one night. Uh, so it was just like really cool, just stuff that you wouldn't normally see. Welcome to Experiences You Should Have, your how-to guide for amazing experiences. I'm your host, Gail Manasco, and today we are hiking the PCT. That's right. Uh, we've got some through hikes on the podcast. Uh, if you like through hiking, definitely go check out the Florida Trail. Uh, we also have an episode on the Appalachian Trail, but today is on hiking the PCT, the Pacific Crest Trail, and I interviewed Angie Holbrook. Now, Angie grew up outside walking creek beds, riding horses in Mississippi, and she hiked the Appalachian Trail with her dog in 2011. And that's when she first heard about the PCT. At the time, she didn't give it much thought, but after moving to Phoenix in 2017, she found that she did not enjoy the desert And she decided to escape the next summer in 2018. And she then hiked the PCT from April to September, a true through hike. And she is here today to talk about that experience and help you figure out how to make that experience happen for yourself. Welcome, Angie, to Experiences That You Should Have podcast. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is great. Yeah, so we are talking about through hiking the Pacific Crest Trail, or also known as the PCT. So let's let's just dive into this hike. When did you hike the PCT and also... What is the PCT? Um, So the PCT is uh, one of the national scenic trails that goes from Mexico to Canada through um, on the West Coast uh, through California, Oregon and Washington. Uh, It varies from year to year in mileage because of fire reroutes and stuff like that. But roughly it's about twenty six hundred and fifty miles. Yeah, it's a lot of walking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I did it uh, a couple years ago in 2018 is when I through-hiked. Wow. Wow. Now, was this your first through-hike? It wasn't. Um, I did the Appalachian Trail on the East Coast um, uh, like 10 years ago, 2011. 
So that was my first hurrah. <laughs> wow, look yeah. at you. It's <laughs> it almost was good. a triple crown, right? Yeah, the triple crown is in my backyard. I ran on it yesterday. So that's uh sights sights are set. <laughs> okay, can you tell our listeners what the triple crown is? Okay, so the triple crown is if you have uh, hiked all three of the longest national scenic trails. Um, so there are shorter national scenic trails, like the the Florida one that you've also discussed. Um, but the three that comprise the triple crown are the AT, the Appalachian Trail on the east coast that goes Georgia to Maine, uh, the Pacific Crest Trail on the west coast that goes uh, Mexico to Canada through those three states we just discussed. And then the Continental Divide Trail, the CDT is that third uh, jewel is what they call them. Uh, And it goes Mexico to Canada, but through the Rockies. So yeah, that that one's a little bit longer. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's great. So the CDT is the longest and the hardest because you have to like actually know what you're doing with uh, passes, snowshoes, navigation and all that other stuff but Mm -hmm. yeah so that's the triple wow so you've done the Appalachian Trail and now you've done the Pacific Crest Trail is the Connell Divide in your future yeah so um I'm actually doing the Colorado Trail this summer um which they share uh the Colorado Trail and the Continental Divide Trail share a border for quite a bit. Uh, it's not the full length of the Colorado Trail, but so I'll be hiking on it a little bit this summer. I'm excited. <laughs> hey. Yeah. So when you hiked the Pacific Crest Trail, did you do a northbound route or a southbound route? I did do northbound. Um, so I started April 17th. Uh, so mid-April-ish, um, and then finished uh, September 21st. So Now, how many days is that? I know- it was five months and change, like a little what? over five months. So That is commitment. It was great, yeah. <laughs> that is a truly commitment. Now, did you hike this solo? Did you hike it with friends? I did. I started solo, but I'm sure like all the other through hikers you've talked to, you're aware that you'll meet people on trail. So um, you call them your tramily or your trail family. So um, you bounce in and out of groups uh, as some people want to take more time in town or, you know, some people hike a little bit faster. Uh, but yeah, most most everybody that I hiked with started solo and then we just all kind of grouped up and hiked together so what was your reason for hiking the pacific crest trail um so i had hiked it in 2018 uh 2017 had been a really crap life year for me um so uh i had moved to phoenix uh after never being in the desert before ever Uh, (laughs) yeah (laughs) I was I had a very romanticized uh view of Phoenix or the desert in general it's like there's gonna be stars and cactus and 
all this wildlife. Um, but no one told me that it was 123 degrees in June. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I lasted one summer in Phoenix and then, uh, I was like, I've got to get out of here. Where else am I? Where am I going to go? What's next? Uh, And I was like, well, I'm already, you know, four or five hours from the terminus. Like, let's just hike. So, yeah. After a first year in Phoenix, I said, uh, when my lease is over, I'm going to bounce. And yeah. So, did you just move out, move your stuff in storage and start to hike? Yep. Yeah. When my lease ended, uh, threw everything in storage and uh, drove home, left my car back at my mom's house, uh, and then flew out to San Diego to start. Wow. Yeah. What an amazing venture to just know that you're going to be on this trail for five months. Yeah, it was great. Like, it's extended time in the woods. I definitely think is something that everybody should experience at some point, which is why I think like your podcast is amazing because these are experiences, you know, everybody can go on a, a one or two night camping trip. Um, but to spend, you know, that extended period of time, like even a week uh, in the woods, just to like get away from technology and forget about emails and mm-hmm. all that mm-hmm. good stuff. Well, don't they call that forest bathing? Yeah. Isn't that nice? There's yeah. a term for it. <laughs> yeah. I live in Oregon, so we have a lot of forests yeah. here, and, and the PCT is not far from where Oregon was my favorite state on the PCT. Really? Yeah. Oh, you're getting on my good side. <laughs> Oregon That's was definitely right. my favorite. Uh-huh. <laughs> the friendliest people, the right? nicest people, I loved beautiful it. forests. <laughs> yeah that's fantastic okay just holler at the organ <laughs> uh, well let's let's uh let's go on this hike with you i i would love if you could help paint the picture of the hike so you started in california mm-hmm. uh like the california mexico border near correct yeah yeah um and in april so that's that's fairly good weather california it's a pretty temperate yeah so there were still like um that was one thing that i didn't want to wait too long um because i didn't want to start too early because if you start in march uh then or even earlier than that i've seen some people start earlier than that and it just it gets so cold um and you still have snow and all this other stuff um but I wanted to avoid the snow because I'm not a cold weather person, really. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But I also, after living in Phoenix, where we get our first 100 degree day in April, um, I wanted to avoid that as much as possible. So uh, I didn't want to push it to that like May timeline. Um, so I hit just that mid-April was like, it, it was perfect for me. There were definitely still some sections uh, in SoCal where it was real hot in the desert. Like we would take little five hour siestas under bushes, like just to avoid hiking in the heat of the day. But, um, that mid April start date was perfect for me that, that particular year because of the low snow. Mm -hmm. Now, would you say that more people do the northbound or the southbound route? 
more people do them uh the northbound for sure um i do have a couple of friends that have southbounded it and they loved it they said that when they got to the sierra there was hardly any snow on the passes so they didn't have to worry about post holing or really route finding much at all um so but most people do northbound yeah yeah, yeah. So you you hiked through California. What was your favorite part about that part of the trail? Uh, definitely the Sierra. So um, because uh, California is huge, um, I want to say off the top of my head, if I can remember correctly, there's like 1,700 and change, uh, 1,700 miles in California. Mm-hmm. and all of the purists are going to quote me because I know that that's not the exact number. But um, so you break color, uh, California up into like three different sections. You've got mm-hmm. the desert, which is like the first 700 miles. Um, and then you have the Sierra. Uh, and then you'll have just Northern California. Northern California is pretty nondescript. Um, but the Sierra was absolutely my favorite part because I'm from originally Mississippi and our highest point's like 800 feet in the state. <laughs> um, and we have lots of beautiful pine trees. Everything is absolutely gorgeous and green. And there's lots of rivers and stuff. Um, but it's not the Sierra Nevada where your highest point on the PCT is 13,000 feet at Forrester Pass. And you're waking up. Yeah. So you get a 13, um, you can even summit Whitney as a side trail. Um, it's not on the PCT, but you could do it as a day trip, but so yeah, you don't get this, these 13,000 foot views. Um, and it was something I'd never seen before. So it was absolutely stunning every day I woke up and I was just, I don't know, you wake up and the Sierras are your doorstep. It's great. Uh, so, oh, yeah, gorgeous. the Sierra was definitely my favorite part of Cal- uh, California. Okay. So, and then what was the third section in California? Northern California. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's got a lot of really pretty things like Castle Crags Wilderness was really pretty, but the year that I came through, um, was really bad with forest fires. Mm-hmm. So by the time um, I got there, like Mount Shasta, I could barely see Mount Shasta. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, the visibility was not great. Uh, the I think my view of Northern California would have changed if the scenery would have been a little bit better because of the forest fires, but yeah. the people were great. My, there's one little town in Etna or in California called Etna. And it was so cute. Like, I love it. When we hiked in there, um, they had like a work for stay hostel. So it was just like, you do some yard work and they'll give you a couch to stay on. Great. Um, and there was a bar right down the street that all the hikers were going to go to that night. And it was so cute. Um, I walk in and everybody's sitting at the table and they've got live music and uh, it's just, you know, locals that are sitting around. And one of the young guys that was uh, the waiter for the table that I joined, uh, he was standing there 
and he was watching the lady that was singing and he was just standing there, you know, socializing with all the hikers. And, uh, you, he had this like big grin on his face and it was so cute. He like looked at the lady that was singing and he goes, Oh, that's my mama. Oh. It was so cute. So like, <laughs> so they had like a family night karaoke kind of thing going on and it was just like the best time. Um, so even though North Cal didn't have uh, the best in views, it was like, I loved Etna. It was the best little town. All right. Okay. I'm going to put that on my list. Yeah. Go <laughs> down to Etna and maybe right? do some karaoke one day. When... Right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, Northern California is just, um, by the time most northbound hikers get there, it's hot. It's dry. Um, people are ready to be out of California because they've been hiking for over a thousand miles. So, um I yeah. don't want to discredit it, but sure. I was ready to be done with it by that okay. time. <laughs> All right. So then you entered Oregon. Oregon. Hey. <laughs> Oregon. Take, but, me, uh, take me through uh, this amazing state. Oh, my God. So, well, like, that's, a, that's another thing that I love about being on trail is just, like, the people that you get to reconnect with you know you put out this like announcement that says I want to hike this this trail and everybody that you know how people move around and stuff um so the very first town that I went to um I used to in college uh I used to work at a coffee shop in like Tennessee and oh, wait, our, where in Tennessee Bristol the, I know. is that where King College is yeah yeah what? I went to Virginia Intermont so it okay. was like right next to King. Yeah, That's wow. Like, right? Yeah. I did, I used to live in Tennessee. No, but I I spent 18 years in Tennessee. Okay. And, what part? Uh, Franklin near Nashville. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I love Franklin. Wow. That, um, oh, that's awesome. I bought my dog's raincoat in Franklin on the AT. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh wait. That was Maybe well, no, Franklin is by the AT, though. That's North Carolina. Edit that yeah. out. <laughs> Franklin is. That was ten years ago. Nashville. Yeah. 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 But, um. But I, I had a friend who went to King, and I heard, yeah, everything. That's about awesome. King College. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. So like, one of the ladies that was a regular at the coffee shop that I worked at, um, had then since moved to Oregon, so re reconnected. And she took me to Costco uh, in either Ashland or Medford. Okay, um, yeah. And I did my resupply uh, at Costco. I bought 17,000 calories of peanut M&Ms at Costco. <laughs> <laughs> I did the math on it. Um, it was uh, inside, and then I just mailed it. Uh, just for the heck of it. Um, that's, that's funny. Were you sick great. of peanut M and M's by the time you got through all of those? <sighs> a little bit. <laughs> I never <laughs> thought I would have been, which is why I bought so many. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I was a little bit sick of those peanut M and M's. But that's where you just share and make friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
so uh, I got to reconnect with her in Ashland, and uh, Ashland's a cute town. It was so cute, like the little. She took me on like a just a drive tour of like Main Street, and like there's a theater there. Um, yeah, there's a lot of theaters there. Almost a year round Shakespeare Festival is there. It's, yeah, yeah, that's so cool. I really want to go back and like see all the little like niche things that it's a that cool Ash- town it's yeah. Cool. yeah where are you in oregon i'm in bend oh i love bend yeah. i went into there too and took a side trail to smith rock <laughs> yeah awesome uh we have a podcast episode on rock climbing smith rock no way that's awesome yeah yeah Next time I'm in Bend, I'll hit you up. Oh, you better. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like Oregon is just beautiful. Um, It just, it, when I first walked in, um, like my very first day in Oregon, it was uh, just absolutely stunning. I met two ladies that were on a trail run and they gave me some chocolate and some grapes uh, that morning. Uh, one of their names was, I think it was Roxanne and Maria. Um, but they were just like the nicest ladies. They pulled over on the side of the road and they were like, do you want some breakfast? And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And then, um, yeah, up from there, like y'all have like, uh, what is the the it the volcanic um oh wait are you talking about area. are you talking about like crater lake or no but that's south of bend yeah so you have y'all have crater lake too yeah, and yeah. then there's um obsidian oh yeah we have lots yeah, of obsidian it's so beautiful. yeah it's cool obsidian super so cool. pretty yeah and then you get to bend and you have these super awesome people that i was like hey i'm gonna like hitch into bend but like the lady i was staying with so like there's a town Bend is kind of like a triangle, and there was a town that was like 20 minutes north of, or like away uh, from Redmond bend. or Sisters. Redmond. Redmond, so I was yeah. going to stay with a lady that lived in Redmond, and the hitch that I got, I was like, well, I'm going to Bend first to get resupply, but then I'm going to go to Redmond. They were like, we'll wait for you. <laughs> so they were like, we'll totally go out of our way and like take you into Redmond too. And I was like, no, don't worry about that. But like the people were great. Um, and then you get up to Mount Hood, and it's just absolutely stunning. Uh, oh, and then you can Hood like is gorgeous, isn't it? It's so gorgeous. I, I love, love that area. Yeah. Absolutely so Oregon was just like fantastic for me. Um, and then I went into Portland for three days. Uh, and fine. Then- yeah. Twenty year olds go to retire. <laughs> yeah. The guy at the library thought I was homeless. It was really cute. <laughs> I like went in to update my blog and he was like, um, you know how like you can get a library card if you have a driver's license that has like your local address? Yeah. And uh he was like, Do you want a library card so you don't have to check in at the desk every time? And I was like, No, I'm okay. Thank you though. And he goes, We have workaround addresses if you need one. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm just walking. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, everybody was so helpful. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. 
Did you get any voodoo donuts while I you did, were in absolutely. Portland? Absolutely. I think I ate two or three. I can't remember. They were really good, though. Yeah. Um, and I know there's the whole voodoo versus blue Oh, star. yes, a blue star. Right. Yeah. There's that that rivalry. There, there, there's a thing. There's totally right? a thing. I mean, <laughs> I've had both. But I think I'm going to have to go voodoo. Same. I'm yeah. okay with it. Yeah. I'm okay with it. Same. Same. Um, the vo- like the actual voodoo donut that I got, like of a voodoo doll. My favorite aunt is from New Orleans. I do have to preface that. So okay. like, All right. I I can't not get a voodoo doll donut um, <laughs> when I go to voodoo donut. So <laughs> that was definitely, it was my favorite. It was my yeah. favorite. All right. Um. So where'd you continue on after getting your donuts and, uh, yeah. So took the bus back to Mount hood, um, and stayed there. I think I hiked a mile and a half in cause I, d- I was like, I'm not going to take four zero days just for Portland. So I made it a mile and a half. Now for our <laughs> listeners, can you please explain the zero? All right. Um, so the zero days are days where zero trail miles are walked. So they can be on trail and you can just like camp somewhere at a beautiful lake, but like it's literally like zero miles of forward progress. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I did three zeros, uh, by going into Portland and staying for three days. Um, and so on that fourth day I ran some errands and I was like, I have to hike today. If I don't hike today, I'm going to stay in Portland forever. <laughs> <laughs> and so I uh, took the bus back to Mount Hood. And then I was like, you know what? I, I think I've just got it like a mile and a half in me. Those donuts were really heavy. <laughs> <laughs> um, And then uh, continued north. I want to say it's another 50 miles to Cascade Locks which is uh, the river that separates, um, or Cascade Locks isn't the river, um, but the bridge that separates uh, Oregon and Washington. Yeah. So uh, then you accidentally walked into, or walked across the bridge three times because I was so excited about getting down to Cascade Locks and being done with that second state that I didn't check the map. And I walked across the bridge thinking the town was on the other side. <laughs> like, oh. and I get into Washington. I'm like, I'm here. Where's my burger? <laughs> uh, and then I'm like, I checked the map and realized that I walked way too far. And so I had to walk back across the bridge. Oh, <laughs> so is that negative then, miles now? <laughs> right? <laughs> I counted. I counted. Um, and then the next morning I woke up and walked back across the bridge. So it was great. Yeah. You did that bridge, man. I did all of it, all three times. <laughs> um yeah, and then Washington started. Uh and Washington is the last five hundred ish miles there too. So um and it was gorgeous. It was green. Um, it was hot, it was cold, it was dry, it was rainy, it was <laughs> everything that you would expect. <laughs> the last... It sounds like Washington 
was having an identity crisis. Oh right my now. God. It, it absolutely was. I, um, Washington was a, uh, come to Jesus moment for me the entire time because I was, uh, grumpy when I was going uphill in the hot, hot weather. Uh, I was grumpy when I was going uphill in the cold, cold rain. Uh, the last 14 days that I was on trail in Washington, uh, I got rained on for 10 of those 14 and of those 10 that I got rained on, uh, one of those days was rain and snow. Um, and that was the day that a mouse had pooped in my shoe. Oh. <laughs> so Washington had it out for me. I don't know what it was, but we weren't vibing. Um, yeah, that's right. This is not Oregon. Right. <laughs> um, But you did it. You I did. kept on going. That's great. Yeah. Even with mouse poop and rain and snow. Yeah. So... That's just part of it. It's like that type two fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause now I can look back and laugh about mouse shit and my shoe, but uh, in the moment it was <laughs> not so great. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the, the, the Northern terminus is in Canada, right? It is. Oh, uh, well it's on the border. Um, okay the and then yeah you walk to manning park which is in canada um tell me about that last little bit where were you mentally what was going on how'd that feel uh it felt really surreal um but also i had i was ready to be done um I had already booked my plane ticket to North Carolina. I was hoping to drive to my favorite beach in North Carolina and just sit in the sun for three days. Um, But a hurricane came through, closed the way to... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You couldn't even get to the beach. Like, it was all flooded. So, like, I flew into North Carolina and hung out with my friends and everything, but I was really hoping... So anyway, so uh, I get to the monument and, you know, you're like, wow, I did it. Like, this is it. Um, And then, but there's weather rolling in, right? Like, I had wanted to finish a day before um, because that was the last clear weather day that we were going to have. And I didn't didn't make the deadline so I woke up the last day that I was going to be on trail uh the day that I hiked into Canada and 45 minutes after me like I got to the monument and then there was a hiker that came in 45 minutes after me and they had said that yeah the snow had already started uh rolling in um where I'd camped that night before so um it was kind of just a not necessarily a race but from Manning or from the monument to Manning Park and then getting down to get a hitch, it kind of just felt like I was out running all that crappy weather I'd been running for the last 10 days. So uh, I got to Manning Park, I bought all of the maple syrup snacks that I could buy. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, went out and hitched like, uh, and just in the, I think it was like not even a 10 minute, uh, 10 minute 
span of me having my thumb out, this really awesome lady picked me up and took me all the way to Vancouver. So cool. Um, yeah, cool. it was great. It was really good. Good. Oh, I love that. I just, I love it. Now, did you have a trail name? I did. It was LOL. <laughs> <laughs> I got it on the AT and, um, yeah, I feel like you just have to keep your trail name. When yeah. You get it. Right. <laughs> so. I absolutely love it. And so, if, so you mentioned Oregon, loving Oregon. I'm just mm-hmm. going to just pat myself on the back here. Absolutely. But, um, Go for yeah. it. <laughs> but what would you say was your favorite part about the hike and why? Um, so favorite part, just in absolute general was just the nature of it all, the nature, the wildlife, the scenery, um, the solitude at times, um, being out in nature, uh, one of my hands down favorite, favorite days, um, in relation to wildlife was I was in the Sierra and, uh, this uh, Pacific Crest Trail and the John Muir Trail um, coincide for, again, um, the John Muir Trail, I want to say is 220 miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they share a border for a good portion of that. Again, not 100% of it, but a lot mm-hmm. of people um, can do the JMT as a through hike because um, it generally only takes about three weeks. So uh, a lot of the workforce um, mm-hmm. can get three weeks off. So um, a lot of people will bring fishing poles and all this really awesome stuff to just spend time in nature. And there was this mm-hmm. one day that uh, I was hiking past a lake and it was about lunchtime. And there was this guy on the side of the trail and he was skinning up a fish or, and he was about to fry it up for lunch. He had just caught it. And uh, I was like, wow, that's awesome. And I was like, uh, just talking to him for a little bit. And he's like, yeah, I just caught this one. Probably going to try to catch one more for another lunch. Uh, and I was like, yeah, cool. I'm getting kind of hungry too. So anyway, I hiked on, um, probably quarter mile, uh, and, uh, see this big pile of like rocks up on my right. Um, and there's rocks everywhere, but like one particular boulder was like, come have lunch on me. And I was like, okay. So I climb up on this little boulder and I'm probably, 10 feet above the trail and I can see it, you know, below me. And, uh, I'm facing South where I'd just come from, um, like looking at the lake and seeing this guy off in the distance, skinning his fish. And this little coyote just like trots by, uh, and he doesn't really pay me any mind. I know he probably knew that I was there, uh, but he doesn't look at me. He doesn't do anything. So I'm just like sitting there eating out of my bear can. And I just like watch this little coyote trot across the trail and uh he goes somewhere over to the right and i was like wow that was really cool uh and i tried to get my camera out to take a picture of him but he was just too quick um but like 20 minutes later this other coyote comes from the same kind of general area uh and he doesn't trot across the trail he actually looks at me and like um just kind of starts circling like around behind me but not in like a predacious way like he wasn't being weird or anything he was just like what's that human doing on a rock um and so I was able to get like a really crappy picture of him (laughs) um but it was just so cool like 
me watching the coyote and then the coyote watching me uh and then they just disappear and it's just like wow like i'm in nature yeah Um, and not like you know you see coyotes in cities all the time and they're like digging through dumpsters and stuff but like this was different it was really neat i love it i love that i love that yeah yeah and um like hiking in the desert at night uh to avoid the heat like you'd see rattlesnakes um come out i mean those were out during the day too but you'd see like tarantulas um saw this one little owl uh hunting a mouse one night uh so it's just like really cool just stuff that you wouldn't normally see were you worried about being bitten by a rattlesnake or um no I, i really like snakes though um probably more so than the the normal person um i would touch every snake that i found uh, unless it was a rattlesnake okay i'm like hold on here Um... (laughs) unless it was a rattlesnake i would like touch its little butt (laughs) 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 um uh so yeah i wasn't really worried about that but walking through oregon at night got real creepy because I've never really worried about much of all, but like mountain lions, right? Yeah. Like, uh-huh. But there's cougar sightings. And... Yeah. Um, but I always like have to remind myself, like, if you see it, uh, it's probably not anything to worry about because right. it's not stalking you at that point. And if you don't see it, you're not going to feel anything. You're just going to be dead. So... <laughs> So it's one of those things where, like, it doesn't do you any good to worry about it. You might as well just walk. You're either going to live or you're not. Right. So, but just, like, there were a couple of sections in Oregon where, like, I'm hiking late at night because I'm not an early riser. And um, I would be hiking into, like, 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock at night because you still had a little bit of sun. Uh, but I'd feel, like, the back of my neck, like, prickle you know and be like oh maybe it's time to set up my tent (laughs) so lol i hope (laughs) you're staying safe right (laughs) well we're talking so that that ended up well huh yeah it was totally fun i ever never (laughs) even saw one (laughs) that but it would probably saw you yeah that there was no doubt in my mind there were a couple mm-hmm. of sections where there were there were things that saw me and I didn't even know they were there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what would you say, so you talked about the best time to start the hike mm-hmm. for you going northbound was, was April, was a mm-hmm. good time frame. Uh, but what if you were going north to south? When would you want to start that hike? I want to say that my friends start that, uh, I think he started like early July. Um, uh, cause you want to, yeah, I think it's like the timeline on that is like late June, early July. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you finish, uh, I want to say he finished like late October he went pretty quick he didn't take a lot of zeros Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. so yeah anywhere uh from that June July to August like or late September October 
November-ish. So you've hiked the AT and the PCT. How would you compare these two? Which one's harder or easier or how yeah. how they... are they different? I mean, I know the AT goes up every single mountain peak. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Yeah, the AT actually was physically harder. Um, there are some sections in uh, New England, Maine, uh, on the AT where you actually get to a ladder. Um, and you have to climb a ladder. Um, like they didn't, like there's rebar in the rock in Maine, um, to where you're physically going straight up. Um, whereas the PCT is graded for pack stop. So you could actually ride a horse, um, and people have done it before, like through rides where you could ride a horse from Mexico to Canada because it's just that very gentle grade. Um, so physically speaking, uh, the AT is going to be the harder trail for me, at least. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, but the people I feel like are more social on the AT. And we actually had a discussion about that. The largest group that I camped with um, on the PCT, and it was just for one night, but it was um, fif- like 15 people-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whereas 15 people on a, in a, shelter on the AT is a normal night absolutely normal like um so the community on the AT I won't say it's stronger but it's larger I feel like um I definitely met a ton of people on the AT that I'm still in touch with um but logistics are harder on the PCT um and I feel like you are you just have to plan your day a little bit better um, because of the heat in the desert and having to take those like midday siestas uh, in the shade to like conserve your water because you're going, you know, there's a 40 mile stretch between water caches or, um, or, you know, it's super hot. So you want to avoid heat stroke or heat exhaustion um, up to the Sierra where, uh, you have to wake up early in the morning because the river crossings aren't as high in the morning because everything's still frozen over and it hasn't melted. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then into Northern California where, um, you know, force, uh, force fires and everything like that, like the logistics, like in my head, I was like, I need to camp near Forest Service Road because if lightning strikes tonight and starts a forest fire two miles that way, I need a quick bail route if, mm-hmm. you know, shit goes sideways. Um, so you never really had to worry about logistics like that on the AT. Um, mm-hmm. There was generally always shade. There was water pretty much constantly until like Pennsylvania-ish. Um, you don't really have to worry too much about forest fires or anything right. like that um so yeah the logistics of the pct were a little bit harder um but the nature more than made up for it yeah um, okay yeah cool. Cool. <laughs> so it's kind of if you wanted a people hike i would say go for the at or if it was like maybe your maybe your first through hike and you wanted to get your feet wet um do maybe the at but if you were going for that nature experience, uh, I would definitely say the PCT would be the one to do um, for sure. All right. 
Oh, yeah. That's, like that's a tough decision if you're it, trying it, to it weigh. It absolutely is. Yeah. It it would be a real hard choice to make if I could only do one. Right. Oh. Right. <laughs> well, what type of skills do you need to hike the PCT? Um. So I definitely recommend uh people take a wilderness first aid course um or a wilderness first responder um and you don't have to but uh when i was on the at so many years ago um there was a day in pennsylvania i was coming out of duncannon and uh it was hot it was uphill it was exposed um it was relatively dry uh, and there was like, I got lightheaded and dizzy, um, and nauseous. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is weird. I didn't eat anything out of ordinary down in town. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, why am I feeling like this? I was like, I'm so thirsty. I was running out of water. Um, and, uh, like, I just felt like doo-doo and I got to the, the next, uh, water source and I didn't even filter my water. I was so thirsty. I was so hot. I was so exhausted. I was just like, I'm, there's mosquitoes in it. I don't even care. So I just drank the water and then went to bed early that night. Like if I remember correctly, I went to bed at like six or seven o'clock, um, which was early for me. Uh, and then the next day I felt fine. Um, but it wasn't until two years later that I took a wilderness first aid course um, that I was able to like self-reflect and realize oh that was heat exhaustion um like I absolutely had every sign and symptom of heat exhaustion Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. and so uh knowing that like if I would have known that ahead of time I probably could have headed that off a little bit better um and then so same thing with like the PCT um the very like within the first week, one of, um, one of the gals that I wound up hiking with, uh, for a day or two, uh, she had a blister that was so bad on top of her foot. It like started on top of her foot with like down in between her big toe and her like next toe. And then like underneath her entire, um, like ball of her foot. Um, and so like she couldn't even walk. And so just like knowing how to, prevent your blisters and then tape an ankle just in case you're caught in the middle of you know the sierra um Mm -hmm. i definitely recommend like some kind of wilderness first aid just because you are out in the wilderness you know Mm -hmm. you're not just like out on your local day hike where you can call uh your friend to pick you up right um so some some kind of first aid i'm a big uh big believer in that and then also just like knowing how to cross river crossings or being comfortable with river crossings um because there are definitely some that uh are sketch uh so how do you do a river crossing um so the main thing is to like unbuckle all of your buckles because if you get if you like lose your footing um your pack can catch on stuff and if your pack is uh, caught under a rock and you're buckled into it, um, it's going to hold you down. So you unbuckle all your hip belts and um, chest strap. Uh, make sure make sure all of your pockets are closed. 
I saw more than one or two people lose like six or seven hundred dollar iPhones and stuff because they oh. went to yeah because they went to like rock hop and they like lost their footing fell in the water and then there went their phone um so secure your pockets undo your buckles um and then just walk through the water i know it sounds like weird but um i saw a lot of people especially in the sierra where um in the mornings the water is frozen gonna be frozen on top of the like the little rocks that are in the water so like the little mist like if the rock is enough out of the water that it's not getting wet but it's still getting you know misted on that will freeze and so people are trying to rock hop and they're rock hopping on ice um but i saw two or three people fall in rivers in the sierra um or streams fast moving streams um because they were rock hopping on ice um so just walk through the water um it's gonna suck your feet will get wet your feet will get cold but one poor guy uh fully submersed himself at like 6 30 in the morning going up to um muir hut uh which is still i want to say it's above 10 10 or eleven thousand feet uh and he had to just like strip down and change into his completely dry clothes um but then also just getting out of your head like one of the river crossings i want to say in oregon um it was the like the worst river crossing that I'd ever done, and it was probably not necessarily all that bad, but there was a dead horse in it. Oh, um, because it was uh, they were doing like the story that I heard was that there was a rescue mission that had um, there was a really steep embankment that they were trying to cross the the river, so they're going down, and it was from the spring, and the horse like tripped and fell or something um broke his leg they had to put oh. the poor thing down um oh. so like you got to get out of your head right I, and in my head i was like this river killed this horse it wasn't the river that killed the horse like the right. poor horse just had to be put down right. um but then you see like all this russian water and you're like oh shit i don't want to wind up being that horse right <laughs> yeah so, um yeah, so just, like, preparing yourself for, like, the mental aspect of river mm-hmm. crossings of, like, um, just in case that happens. How else did you prepare mentally for such a long hike where many parts of it are solo? Yeah, um, I think I'm very goal-driven, um, so... Yeah. Once I had started, uh, I basically told myself, well, we're not stopping unless you break your leg or something. Um, Because I'd had, you know, there was there was no real reason for me to stop aside from actual physical and like incapacitated. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's just one of those things where after one through hike, you realize there, there are going to be days that suck from like dawn to dusk. Like there will, it's not, you know, a vacation every day that you're out there. There are some days that you don't want to get out of your tent. Um, but you just take it mile by mile and, you know, you wake up and 
if you have a short day, you have, but you're still 10 miles ahead of where you were the day, you know, the day before. Um, but yeah, just basically just saying, Hey, like you're out here, you're doing it. Um, reminding yourself why you're doing it. Uh, and then not really giving yourself an easy out was mm-hmm. kind of the, my way of handling things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of just saying, finish what you started. So how did you prepare physically for the trail? Uh, so I did do a lot of like day hikes um, and like uh, weighted day hikes. I lived in Phoenix, so the Grand Canyon was in my backyard. I did a lot mm-hmm. of um, driving up if I had two days off. Uh, I'd go to the Grand Canyon and just hike down, um, backpack in, uh, just like, you know, an overnight or something to Indian Garden. Um or Phoenix, like the one thing I do love about Phoenix is there's a lot of hiking and there's a lot of biking. And um, there's Brown's Ranch is one of my favorite places in Phoenix. There's over 100 miles of trail there. So literally at the end of the day, you know, I get off work, I could take a backpack out and just hit a new trail every Every time, the whole time I lived in Phoenix, I never finished every single trail in Brown's Ranch. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. Yeah. So just taking a pack out uh, after dark. I mean, there were some nights where I would have to do it at dark if I wanted to get a train and hike in. Um, or, you know, taking out a, like I did some guiding in Phoenix. And so uh, just on some guided hikes, like just putting an extra 20 pounds in my backpack instead of just carrying like the first aid kit that we'd normally have, but definitely hiking as much as I could just on short hikes, you know, two or three, four or five miles, um, before or after work. Now let's talk about your pack and what you put in your pack. What kind of pack do you have? So I had uh, a pack that I loved from the AT. It was an older version of Osprey's Aura 50 liter. Um, So Osprey redesigned their entire pack line um, and added like an anti-gravity system. And so my pack is before that and I loved it. Um, So I used that for the first um, 700 miles. And I love that pack so much. It's actually right there in my little closet. <laughs> um, but I didn't want to uh, ruin it because I didn't know how much we would be glissading in the Sierra, which is where you have to like slide down the snow. Um, or wow. Yeah, I never did it. We didn't have to. Um, sounds cool, right? Yeah, but... it does. It does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but we never, I never did it. Um, so I wasn't sure if like, uh, that was going to tear up my pack or the rivers were going to tear up my pack. So I eventually got, um, when I got to the Sierra, I replaced it with the Osprey Asia 58. Um, and it's one of their ultralight packs, um, as well. So, uh, yeah, just the, the Osprey 50 and then upgraded to the 58. I wouldn't say upgrade, but swap to. Yeah. Now, um, what were the essentials in your pack? Um, So I loved my, I have an enlightened equipment quilt. Um, I love that thing. 
Uh, it was a 10 degree um, and I liked it because uh, you can wrap it around yourself like a blanket and you can custom color it like you can customize your colors so i got you need to look good on the trail right Right? i got got pink on the outside and yellow on the inside and there was um (laughs) the reason in before like for that was i was like if i get lost in the sierra because like if you get lost like you're supposed to put three bright colored things like in a row like to signify like to the airplane okay. like All yeah right. it's like a set anything of three and so i was like i have a like a yellow jacket i have a yellow inside for my sleeping bag and like you know this other thing they're like big bright colors on the snow right yeah so um love my quilt uh did and- you get lost I did take a wrong trail, but I wouldn't say I got lost. Like okay. I was just okay. real dumb. I was listening to an audio book and I just like took the wrong like path. This wasn't in the Sierra. This was in Northern California, but I was so pissed. I was like two miles off trail. So I had to like backtrack two miles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, But yeah, I loved my pack, loved my quilt. Um, And then yeah having a good little puffy jacket i did have to get like a slightly warmer jacket when i got to the sierra because what i had wasn't quite working um titanium poop shovel uh (laughs) (laughs) i actually lost it and then went back to washington or like oregon um to portland a couple of like 10 months later rented a car drove out to the woods and found it (laughs) no (laughs) yeah yeah. <laughs> was it worth that trek to go Absolutely. find it? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Because, like, as a hiker, like, you know ex- exactly what's in your pack. <laughs> it was absolutely worth it. All right. Because renting the car for the day was, I think, $45, and the ultralight titanium poop shovel was, like, $45 with shipping, so I was like, ah, it's a wash. If I find it, great, and if I don't, like, I'll just buy another one, yeah. um, but, I, but I wanted mine back, um, <laughs> so I opened gut hooks, figured out where I lost it, drove around to the Forest Service Road, hiked in, and <laughs> there it was. <laughs> Um, oh it's fantastic yeah that was my favorite favorite thing in my pack for sure um okay this is a personal question Uh um how do you wipe how do you yeah so uh yeah what do you what do you do so i don't use toilet paper because um if toilet paper gets wet it just it's useless right right um, so I just use baby wipes. Um, like you can buy them like the, just like the Huggies natural care or whatever. Uh, and then ring so them you out. Just put them like in a bag or. Yeah. Just put them in a Ziploc, ring them out. Like, cause, um, they're real heavy, right. With like the water weight. Yeah. Yeah. So open the pack, like basically dehydrate them. Um, okay. ring them out real good. Put them in a, a Ziploc. Uh, and then. Yeah, then you can only you only have to use like one or two. Uh, but then, then do you, you just, just carry it until your next? 
Yeah, like, definitely. Um, yeah. I didn't realize this, but uh, until probably a year ago. Uh, but baby wipes have plastic in them. Yeah. Like, yeah. who knew? Um, so yeah, I've always been like, you never, you never bury your toilet paper, like, cause animals will dig it up and then you right. have all those disgusting toilet paper flowers on the side of the trail. So you always, 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 always pack out your toilet paper. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I would just throw them in a Ziploc and, um, yeah, just toss it when you get to town. Okay. Have all hand right. sanitizer and yeah, you're good to go. All right. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, you're I mean it's, it's it's an important question. You it know? is. Um, yeah, there was yeah. um one lady that I met on a, a boat in Washington. I was going from um Seattle to over to Bainbridge Island, and I was going to go hike in uh, Olympic National Park. And so I was on the ferry, and I had my backpack on. She's like, "What are you doing? Where are you going?" I was like, "Oh, I'm just going to go over to Olympic and hike for a little bit." And she's like, "Oh, that's awesome! I would, like I really want to do that." And I was like, "She's like, but I don't know if I could." And I was like, "Can you poop in the woods?" And she was like, "Yeah, I could poop in the woods." And I was like, "Then you can do it," because <laughs> a lot of times people just have this like fear of pooping outdoors. I'm like, "This is great. This is yeah." Best. I mean, there's a whole poop complex, you right? know. I mean. Um... <laughs> people not being able to even poop in a public restroom that's true yeah sometimes people don't even they don't poop at work they can only poop at home i'm like wow yeah there you that's impressive right um, no it's uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh right thank you for the poop discussion this is oh this i'll, is I'll I love always this. talk about poop <laughs> Okay, great, fantastic. I might. It, it happens. We gotta. We gotta talk about it, you right? Know? Um, okay, what else is in your pack that you couldn't live without? I did have oh one thing that would make everything really easy for future hikers would be um having uh like a quick charge compatible uh wall outlet and like phone stuff. Um, because like when you get to town, your time is of the essence. And so if you want to get into town and get out of town really quickly, um, maybe these days, like most cell phones and stuff like that come with like the quick charge or the lightning charge capability. Um, Um, but, uh, if it's just like a regular wall charger where it takes like three hours to charge your phone. Um, you can get a lightning compatible one, um, and that it charges your phone in like 45 minutes or something like that. So, uh, with, when you have a camera and your cell phone and, um, like an external battery pack, like all of those things add up. So getting the lightning compatible charge thing, um, saves you hours in time or in town. Yeah. So that was definitely one. And I actually did. I carried like a DSLR, um, like a very small one. Like I have, like Sony has one that's only like a pound um, Mm -hmm. because I did want uh, really nice pictures that would enlarge well without becoming like too blurry. Right, right. Um, So a good camera uh, is definitely, I mean, this is going to be the hike of your life yeah. um, in some of the most beautiful places. So whether it's a really good cell phone camera or um, an external, like just like actual camera 
definitely record those memories. I love it. Absolutely love it. Now, how, how much did, did you need a budget to do this? Um, so I budgeted just over $5,000. Um, I want to say it was more towards 6,000 actually, but that covered the bills while I was away, you know, your cell phone bill, um, the storage unit, uh, that was, that might be really the only two bills that I had while I was on trail just because, you know, I I didn't have an apartment. So, um, that's a great question. I actually got really lucky that my employer kept me on. I was on a leave of absence. So, um, my vacation that I had accrued, um, went towards paying my health insurance while I was. Wow. Uh, yeah. So pretty great. I got really lucky there. Um, yeah. uh, so cause yeah, that's a, a big one for, for a lot of people. Um, is that, is what do you do about health insurance? Um, and I actually like haven't had to do a through hike yet where that's been, you know, a huge big issue. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, but that covered, you know, that money covered, you know, getting to the trail, um, getting back from the trail, um, that had enough of a padding for, uh, I did take a, about a month after I finished the trail to try to go to the beach in North Carolina <laughs> um, and then uh, go back home, pick up my car from my mom's house. And then, uh, yeah. And then I did wind up back in Phoenix for like six months afterwards, but it was like the most beautiful time of year. Cause I finished the trail in September. So like Perfect. as you roll into October, yeah, that's Perfect. when Phoenix gets, gets better again <laughs> now you're being a snowbird you know? <laughs> yeah. doing your summers right. in california and oregon and washington right summer house yeah. winter house thing right um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so having roughly about a thousand dollars a month mm-hmm. um gives you plenty of buffer um to you know, splurge when you get to town and have that pizza. And, you know, I'm not going to say get a hotel room every, every night because that's not, it wasn't feasible for me, but, you know, once or twice a month, um, those, those things definitely like, uh, I even got sick in California. I had to get a hotel room for two nights. I got norovirus and Bernie. Oh no. It was, it was not a fun day. It was not. Um, there was a whole Noro outbreak. Um, and so just those unexpected hotel things, right? Like yeah. that was 150 right. bucks that I never expected to have to spend because, um, sure. No one plans to get sick. Um, right. and some, right. some of the hikers that were around me had to actually go to the hospital and get fluid. So it's like one of those Ooh. things of like, yeah, just like emergency money um right i would mm-hmm. much rather see somebody come off trail because they want to come off trail than they're forced to come off trail because mm-hmm. um they just didn't have quite enough money saved up ahead right. of time right now what about permits to hike the pct did you need a special permit so the pcta the governing body of the 
the Pacific Crest Trail, um, they issue special permits. They do 50 a day. Um, like, and so you do have to sign up for a permit. Um, and the one that's issued by the PCTA, it's free. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pay for it. Um, but uh, it will be an all-encompassing permit. Like if you get your PCTA permit, you don't have to worry about any other permit. Um, you just carry it with you uh, and then you're good to go. Uh, if you don't get a PCTA permit, whether um, I want to say that they say that you have to hike 500 miles to get the PCTA permit. So it doesn't have to be a through hike, but it does mm-hmm. need to be a long section. Um, if you, and they do it by lottery system. So I want to say off the top of my head, I want to say November 15th is the day that they release 35 permits a day. Mm-hmm. So they'll do two rounds of permits. They'll do 35 in November. Um, and then they'll do another 15, those remain remaining 15 mm-hmm, permits mm-hmm. per day. Those are released in, ugh, God, it's been, uh, I want to say either January or February. Okay. Um, All right. so if you don't get in, uh, on the date that you want, um, then you can still hike. Uh, you just have to go through each individual governing body of permit, like, permitted systems so like if one area in california needs one and then 20 miles up they need another permit and then 20 you know however Mm -hmm. much you just have to get all of those individual permits um on your own instead of going through the pcta so you do need a permit um but they're free uh and it's just a matter of how much work you want to put in um or you know if you're lucky enough to get the date that you want got it got it yeah now, what about like accessible portions of the hike? Uh, if you don't know off the top of your head, we can do a little research and add it to the show notes. But does anything yeah. stick out of any like yes. boarded planks? Like in like the AT had some of those sections. Yeah. So, um, off the top of my head, um, the only thing that I can really think of is the area um, surrounding Crater Lake um, yeah. because it was uh, relatively flat, uh, like the perimeter trail. I mean, it was uphill a little bit, um, but it was sandy. So it wasn't like super rocky. Um, the sandiness actually surprised me. Um, it felt like we were walking on the beach there for a little bit. Um, but if someone had like wider tires on like a wheelchair or something like that, um, or if they had, um, like maybe balance issues or something like where they wouldn't have to worry about stepping on a ton of rocks. Like, it's been a couple of years, but like, that's the one section that kind of springs to mind. Yeah. Um, and then... Maybe uh, Tuolumne Meadows in the Sierra. From what I can recall, walking north out of Tuolumne, um, the trail was relatively flat and beautiful. Um, I don't recall it being too, like I remember it just being an easy walk, Um, but I also don't 
really remember how wide the trail was um, at that point. So, but there were some really pretty like waterfalls and stuff. And I do remember there being a lot of bridges. So maybe that one would be accessible, but I, I'm not 100% sure on it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And what would you say are your top tips for someone thinking about hiking the PCT? Um, definitely budget enough. I know that we just, we just talked about budget, but again, I just, I have seen, um, so many people have to pull off trail because they don't have the money set aside. Um, and it's always better to have more money at the end. You don't have to blow through it all, um, by any means, but just having a buffer. Um, and then like just realizing you'll learn as you go. Um, if you get a weekend and none of the gear that you originally bought is working for you just, um, and that's another part of that, that budgeting buffer, right? Like Mm -hmm. realizing that your sleeping bag isn't warm enough or your shoes were great for 20 miles at a time, but 20 miles at a time for 14 days on end. Now you need, might need different shoes or something so that the buffer for the budget also comes into like that learning as you go thing. It gives Mm you, um, the resources to recalibrate what is in your pack or what might you might need to add. Um, don't give up just because you're two days in um, and things aren't going well or you're hot or your feet are sore. Um, one of the best things, uh, Miss Janet is a uh, trail angel on the Appalachian Trail. And I met her in Hiawassee, Georgia. And when uh, she told me one of the best pieces of advice that I've ever been given, and it was um, start out slow and then go slower. Uh, and <laughs> and that's that's totally true, right? Like, because your body's not used to it. It doesn't matter if you do 10 or 20 miles a day, like on the weekends, um, unless you're doing 10 or 20 miles a day with 30 pounds on your back Monday through Friday and then starting it over again every single day. Um your body needs time to get used to stuff. So just take it slow, ease into it, enjoy the moment. Um, and then, yeah, just enjoy it because so many people just say, Oh, I wish I could go do that. And it's like, well, you can, you just, yeah. right. Like, right. right. So you're, you're kind of living people's dreams when you're, when you're out there. And so make it count. Um, yeah. I told, <laughs> Yeah. So just just make it count. Well, well said. Man, this has just been a wealth of information. Uh, I hope there are some PCT hikers who are listening to this <laughs> on the trail. Maybe they'll walk through that river and not right. try to go <laughs> rock jumping. And your Your socks will dry. Your shoes will dry. Um, your phone will not. (laughs) (laughs) And hopefully we've inspired others to, to embark on a a through hike and to try to hike the PCT. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a really great time. Uh, I don't regret it one bit. Um, It was fantastic. Hey, actually, I got one more one more question before I say goodbye. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm even thinking about okay, when, like, when is there a time in life when I could do it? And 
I've got a, I mean, I've, I've got a kid right now. I've, yeah. I've got a very busy work schedule. I definitely don't have six months to take off, but you think, okay, well maybe when, when my kid graduates high school or something. So yeah. what was the oldest age that you saw hiking the PCT? Um, so there were definitely people in their seventies, um, that were on trail. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause when I was on the AT, um, and granted this was 10 years ago, but I met a dad or a guy that was my dad's age. And my dad at the time was, oh gosh, 65, 66. Yeah. So, and I definitely met people that were in their seventies on the PCT. Um, so yeah, you can so do you it. You don't have to be. You don't. Twenty years old to no. go do this, but no. this could now start to be a goal when you realize. Yeah, and that's actually, I mean, that's a very valid point because, like, most of the people that you see are in those absolute polar opposites. They're either straight out of high school, straight out of college, um, right. or um, they're retired um and they have all of this extra free time like the that middle ground of um i don't know i don't know yeah. exactly what you call like 30s 40s 50s right the, right um yeah. but yeah where most people are busy with family with jobs with life um right that's probably i mean i wouldn't maybe like only 20 percent of the trail i would say most of them are under 30 or over 50 or 60. All right. All right. Well, this has been some really good to think about. Yeah. I, I, I know you're inspiring. You're very inspiring. Yeah. And <laughs> the PCT's in your backyard. I know. Legitimately. I know. I know. Yeah. So and there... I got to still get my kid to school. And, right. Um, got to figure, figure yeah. that part out. Right. Well, and there are little, um, maps i couldn't tell you but like they break the pct down into like letters like um like you'll have california section a section b or whatever it is and right. like same thing with oregon and washington so y'all could go out and do like a weekend and do like section j wherever the hell right. section j is yeah. um or yeah you don't have an... to do it all the way through you absolutely could not do a few you could fly down do a yeah i honestly think days. like so they, they like they call that section hiking you know you do right. a section at a time i honestly think like that's actually harder than through hiking because you i'm not a planner and that requires that you plan things to a t um you have to figure out how many days you can get off work you have to stick to your mileage um, because if you only have four days to do this 30 mile section, right. then um, you have to stick to it. Uh, you have to like it's a little bit more expensive because you have to travel to and from right. mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. these different times. So, yeah, mad respect for section hikers, dude. Like it's it's definitely harder than through hiking. <laughs> yeah. Wow. OK. All right. You've given me some great things to think about. Absolutely. And um it is something that I'd, I'd love to do one day. Yeah. And I'd love to read about it. 
Yeah, right. Or maybe something I could do with my kid one day or when she's when she's older. She's how old? She's six. Oh, that's so cute. We got some time. We got some time. But little tiny baby hikes. Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Right now there's like a lot of bribing with fruit snacks. Just just quarter mile. On the trail. There's a little fruit snack. Here you go. (laughs) That's fantastic. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Oh. Man. Well, thank you so much for, for joining me today. You've just been a wealth of information. Oh, and, thank you. And we'll provide um, everything you talked about and more on experiences that you should have.com. Uh, there will be show notes there, links to things talked about, photos, etc. Uh, go there and... <laughs> And 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 thank you. And and just curious, yeah. what would you say your your next through hike is going to be? Uh, I start the Colorado Trail in like six weeks. Okay. So yeah, well, maybe we should talk about that when you get back. <laughs> Perhaps we should. <laughs> All right, we we've done the Florida Trail, and right. let's we'll talk about the Colorado Trail. Absolutely. But yeah, yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I I always love trail talk. Like no matter what. So yeah, thank you for letting me relive this tonight. Absolutely. Well, thanks for taking me there. It was yeah. truly a wonderful experience. Thank you, experience seekers, for listening to experiences you should have. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, if you have through hikes on the brain. Uh, definitely check out the Appalachian Trail podcast. And that's with uh, J-Mo, who threw hike the Appalachian Trail, who can really also talk about goal setting and the mindset uh, behind hiking it. Also, if you don't have enough time to hike the PCT or the Appalachian Trail, um, look into the, the Florida Trail. It's about... Um, half the distance of of these hikes and and would still require time uh, but check it out the Florida Trail which is Florida's through hike uh, which I believe that took Aaron Frankie about 80 days so if you can get away for 80 days go go listen to that because that is a really cool through hike that's a little bit off the bean path Thank you again for listening. If you are listening from an iPhone, please click on that purple podcast app and search for this podcast and please leave us a five star review. It would be absolutely wonderful. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please subscribe and tell your friends about experiences that you should have. This is an indie podcast running on indie budgets and what we need is more listeners so please tell your friends your family your enemies um, tell them about experiences that you should have helping you figure out how to make amazing experiences happen in your life <laughs>